he spoke yesterday afternoon about these three elements that conduce to freedom of being clarity, skillfulness, and love. And the way we can, the ways we can incline in those directions, cultivate those qualities. And yet, if this is a practice of freedom, there's a certain irony or maybe a certain disappointment that the way this conducing to freedom works is really by exposing to us all the ways that there's a lack of freedom. Exposing to us to to be on retreat is in many ways or in many moments is to expose ourselves to the way in which we don't feel free. Expose ourselves to the ways in which we feel caught. Caught in our habits, caught in our reactivity, caught in our preferences. caught in the familiar habits of the way we do our familiar meaning-making out of what's happening. What we think this means, this situation, this experience, what we think it means about me, what we think it means about the way things are. And exposing ourselves to all of that, exposing ourselves to all that habitual reactivity can be rather shocking, insulting, maybe. Tibetan teacher Chogyam Trungpa described this practice as one insult after another. Right? As as we just get to see our own minds, our own habits. This needy, greedy, lazy, crazy one that we are. So, important to hold it lightly, gently, generously, forgivingly, like we were saying yesterday afternoon. And also, and that's the reason I mention it in these terms, to, to normalize <coughs> the fact that if you're feeling exposed to your unsatisfying habitual mind activity and reactivity, hey, that's what this practice is. That's not you going wrong somewhere. Sometimes it can seem like that as if it's the failure of our practice. This practice doesn't work because it reveals all this habitual messy stuff in my mind, or I'm no good at this practice because um, I'm noticing that my mind is wandering and my body's uncomfortable, etc., um, etc. Et but that's how this practice works. Exposing us to our unfreedom so as to see what is it? How is it maintained? How are we feeding that reactivity, those habitual views? And how might we stop feeding them? How might we actually soften around some of that reactivity, relax some of those tension patterns, give up some of those fixed views so as to meet life experience more freshly, fully, fluidly, 
more freely. So it's an invitation in some ways to give up our idealism about meditation or about dharma practice or about retreat or about our self-image. That's a great relief to give up our idealism. If you're relatively new to meditation or to retreat practice, that that idealism can be fed by what you may have read or what you may have heard from others or what you may just have imagined. You know, in all those spiritual magazines or websites where meditation happens in rainbow colors, where one sees light radiating from various chakras, where we um, take the language of stillness or peace or um, awareness and we kind of impose that language in ways that create various ideas for what we think meditation ought to be like. It ought to be peaceful. It ought to feel clear. It ought surely to be nice, even blissful. So that's a word in that kind of airbrush meditation word, bliss. Satchitananda, if you come from a yoga tradition. Right? And certainly, the potency of meditation is such that our attention might really refine, that our mind state might really refine, that there may be moments of great expansiveness peace, clarity, etc. And those moments can be both inspiring and more importantly, very revealing. And yet, it's also completely normal that there's many moments where one's more just in touch with the friction that it seems to be there, the friction that one seems to be creating actually between awareness and experience, what we call self and world, this being here and what we're doing to what's here. And that's normal. The fruits of our practice aren't measured in how good our practice feels. The fruits of our practice are revealed in actually becoming more skillful with how we meet our experience. Learning that by actually learning from it. If you're more experienced in meditation, more used to retreat practice, then that same idealism can be a little more subtle. We more may be steeped in the language of just being with what is. And yet equally there, important to look for what are you doing with that idea? How easily I can want to be with what is, but not quite like this. I want to really be with what is, and so, this or that needs to happen so that I can be with what is. When mind has quietened down more, then I'll be with what is. When body is more comfortable, then I'll be with what is. After three or four days, when when I'm more in the flow of the retreat, then I'll really be with what is. So just to see in what ways one's setting up one's practice through some kind of idealism, some kind of postponement, some kind of idea that what I'm looking for is 
elsewhere, either very elsewhere or sometimes just slightly elsewhere. So there's a certain paradox to our practice. On the one hand, we're interested in cultivation, in transformation, in the way our mind and our experience of life and our contact with what's happening can change, can deepen, can open up. And on the other hand, we're asked to really be with our experience without trying to change it, without trying to deepen it, without trying to open it up. And that's paradoxical, right? That doesn't make much sense. I'm here because I want my experience to change and deepen and open up. And I'm asked to be here without trying to change or deepen or open up my experience. So we're invited to really find out how to live into, how to sense into that paradox. So that one can hold the ideology, the idealism, right, to change and deepen and open up and free up our experience. And one can inhabit the methodology of listening to, of sensing into, of exploring this experience without trying to change it, without trying to deepen it, without putting pressure on our experience to be any kind of certain way. Because the nature of life, experience, consciousness, its na- the nature of all that arises is its nature is to change, if you'll let it. There's an infinite depth to consciousness, to awareness, to this realm of experience. And if we really pay attention, experience will deepen, will open up, will reveal more of itself. So we lean in to this paradox in a way that's as simple as possible. This great simplicity that we've spoken about, wherein awareness is a natural feature of being alive, this knowing that's right here, Our experience is a natural feature of being alive, unfolding just like this. Where we're letting go of our usual complexity and unfreeness in the ways we've just spoken about by attending to a basic, simple aspect of experience body, breath. And when we're we're using that that endless just returning to, re-establishing oneself in awareness, so as to give some brightness and spaciousness and stability So as to have some space in which to see what's happening, stay with what's happening, so that what's happening can deepen, open up, reveal more of itself. And it may be that you can 
already or that during the morning you start to taste some of that stability of mind. Maybe that you start to sense some of that uh, deepening of attention. Maybe that the sense of body sitting already feels like or starts to feel like uh, just a kind of a, a, a cascade, a dance of constantly changing sensation. It may be that the rhythm and movement of breath, rather than appearing as some uh, limited thing that's happening in lungs and nose, rather than being something that we describing to ourselves or imagining, or oh, breath comes in, breath comes out. It may be that our sense of body breathing is, feels as if the rhythm and movement of breath is happening through every cell as if each pore of our skin is responding to the expansion and enlivening quality of the in-breath, to the relaxation and grounding of the out-breath. may already feel like that or start to feel like that. Or it may be that Mind is busy, jumping around from this to that. And that one's practice is for the nth thousandth time, oh, seeing that and just re-inclining your attention, dropping another thought and coming back to body and breath, wherever that is. Right? Finding some semblance of breath and body briefly and then caught up in some abstraction again. Whichever or wherever you find yourself on that spectrum is equally valuable. Don't worry about, don't measure the quality of your practice. You can't be skillful with a different moment. You can't be skillful with how you'd like things to be. But you can cultivate clarity, skillfulness, tenderness with how things are, with how mind is. So there's no wrong place to be. There's no wrong experience. There's no failure of your practice. And just meet the way conditions are sincerely and you let your practice work on you. And like this, our life teaches us. Like this, despite ourselves, despite our lazy, crazy, needy, greedy habits, the goodness of our practice, the action of practice and teachings and teachings and practice conduce unstoppably towards freedom. So, in this spirit, we sit together. Your posture, 
is the arena of your practice. Don't take it for granted, but really set it up. And I'll just guide through the several elements of posture that are particularly helpful and that activate the corresponding qualities of awareness. So firstly, the groundedness, right? the dense sensations of the contact with the ground or the chair, the feeling of stability, and as you sense into that quality in your posture, just seeing how that activates a sense of stable awareness grounded. In the same way that you can trust the earth to hold you up. You can trust awareness to hold experience. And also sensing into the uprightness of your posture, letting your back be straight as much as possible. Feeling that quality of uplift and brightness. Letting your neck be long. The uprightness of your posture activating a bright quality to awareness. certain clarity, a luminosity of knowing. And also letting your posture be open. And particularly in your shoulders and chest, it might sometimes helpful to roll your shoulder blades back a little and feel the openness that comes into your chest. Let's the breath move freely. And also activate a quality of receptivity. Open awareness. Willing to experience. And then also letting your posture be easeful, relaxed, soft belly, hands at rest. Letting your shoulders be uncontracted and the muscles in your face soften. Sensing in the relaxation of your posture a quality of awareness that's gentle. undemanding.
kind. In this way, then, awareness and posture blend. In this way, we sit here in a genuinely embodied awareness. Grounded and stable. upright and bright, open and receptive, relaxed and gentle. in this body, in the breathing.
training your attention to really be as fully as possible in this body, in this breath. Sensing into the whole movement of the breath, the beginning and the middle and the end. Not through the thought of or the image of breathing, even though that may arise. but by suffusing the experience of body breathing with awareness in this body, in this breath. However body feels right now, light or heavy, dense or diffuse. Body is not a thing, but rather a field of experience. Breath is not a thing, but a rhythm and movement. So however breath is right now, deep or shallow, fast or slow, letting it all happen naturally. Letting your practice work on you.
if your attention is steady, stay. Let it deepen. Absorb your attention more fully into the subtle sensations of body breathing. And to the mysterious immediacy of being here. If your attention's not steady, just being willing again and again every time you notice to unhook from the latest abstraction, to release various thought streams into the relaxation of the out-breath. To come back to the simple, grounded immediacy of body breathing. And so however your attention is, being skillful with conditions as they are. Just like this.
last few minutes of the sitting. Don't be concerned with measuring the quality of your practice until now. Just see how you can attend skillfully in this moment. With mind like this. Body like this. World like this. when the bell rings let the transition from the formality of meditation be a conscious one starting to include seeing and movement within your awareness maintaining the continuity of your practice, so that even as the formality of meditation ends, the continuity of awareness can remain. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.